Lauren Carpenter. You may know me as Stepmom Lauren. And we have real football coming this Thursday. I am so excited. I can hardly contain myself. It's real. It's here. I cannot wait, which means we are going to be talking about our week one prize picks. But we have a pretty cool show lined up for you today as well. So not only do we have prize picks for week one, we have injury updates. We have last minute waivers. If you want to change somebody on your team and you just drafted and you were too drunk and didn't like how it turned out, that's okay. I might have some options for you. And let's say you want to stream some quarterbacks, maybe some tight ends. I have that for you today, too. But first, as always, everybody, if you have not done so, please go to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMN because you get your deposit up to $100 match. That's free money. It is fun. I love prize picks. It is kind of my new obsession. And we also have a new contest which is very exciting. It is the Mayo Media Network 7-Eleven Challenge. That's right. It's actually pretty easy. All you have to do is pick five over-unders. Make sure you do it every single week because there is like a, a season-long contest within this contest, which is really cool. So five over-under picks that equal $7.11, hence the 7-Eleven Challenge. Now, if you use your promo code MMN to sign up, don't forget you're getting your deposit doubled, which is pretty cool. But if you have already signed up for prize picks, don't worry. You are still eligible. Just remember, they track this by seeing that $7.11. So go ahead, pick five over-unders every week, submit that for $7.11, and uh, let's have fun with this. It's going to be super cool. I cannot wait, and I will be updating the leaderboard every single week just for you guys. So before I go ahead and jump into my prize picks for week one, we do have some injury updates that I think are kind of pertinent to the week one season. So let me just jump right into those. First of all, we have a full go for Dak Prescott. That is very exciting. Also, C.D. Lamb was taken off of the COVID-19 reserve list, which is also very exciting, not only for Cowboys fans, but for fantasy and betting in general. So that is very exciting. Week one, Dak Prescott, a full go um, on some, you know, not awesome news. Both wide receivers, Brandon Ayuk for the San Francisco 49ers, as well as wide receiver Kenny Galladay for the Giants, are both dealing with hamstring issues. Now, this is nothing new for Kenny Galladay. Um, if you had him on your fantasy team like I did last year, uh, you might be still a little heartbroken. But they're supposed to play in week one. But even Kenny Galladay admitted that he was going to be kind of slow. So that is something to keep in mind when you are placing bets, when you are putting in your starting lineup for week one. Brandon Ayuk and Kenny Galladay, hamstring issues. And then Washington football team's wide receiver, Curtis Samuel. He's been dealing with kind of a groin issue, and Ron Rivera seems, you know, happy. He seems positive He yeah, that he's going to go for week one. I don't really know. So I, I, don't, I don't love this, but you do know what I love it for, is for prize picks, which I will get into in just a minute. And, uh, oh yeah, Carson Wentz, uh, I guess he's good because he's supposed to go, and if he can't go, it's going to be Jacob Eason. So that's not good. So the backup should really be Sam Ellinger, who is the better um, of the two back stringers, if you will, second and third string for the Colts. Unfortunately, Sam Ellinger is dealing with a knee sprain. So if Carson Wentz cannot go, it's Jacob Eason, and that means you fade all of your Colts players in that case. But he should be going. He should be starting. He should be a full go. That's Carson Wentz for the Indianapolis Colts. And also some sad news, too. Um, I, I'm super bummed about this. Lots of sad news from this offseason. But if you haven't heard already, tight end Irv Smith from the Vikings is likely going to miss the entire season. 
with a, uh, I think it's surgery on his torn meniscus. I mean, it's a big deal. That really stinks. So um, good luck. Speedy recovery to a tight end Herb Smith, but just be aware of that for anyone who has been waiting on tight ends. And uh, going ahead and drafting him really late in your drafts, he is now likely going to miss the entire season. And DeAndre Swift, running back for the Detroit Lions, is also still kind of dealing with some core muscle issue or just a core issue. He missed a lot of training camp, and he sat out the preseason. So there is a lot of concern when it comes to DeAndre Swift, which, again, I will also touch on when I touch on my week one prize picks because, um, spoiler alert, he is in there. So if you have not done so already, go pick up Jamal Williams, whether you have DeAndre Swift on your fantasy squad or not. He is going to be an excellent stash, especially with that Anthony Lynn offense who loves his running backs by committee. So DeAndre Swift... Lots of concern. Keep your eye out. And remember, this is early injury report, guys. So always remember to keep your eyes on your players and figure out before the game starts if they are going to be a full go or not. And then make preparations to, you know, move some things around in your lineup. All right, without further ado, let's go right into prize picks. As I mentioned, DeAndre Swift banged up. So for him under rushing, if you're following along on prizepicks.com, promo code MMN. And guess what? I have five over-unders on here that I'm going to tell you about. How convenient for that 7-Eleven challenge. But DeAndre Swift, he has a line here at 58.5 rushing yards. I am going the under on 58.5 rushing yards. Like we said, banged up, and the D Detroit Free Press confirms that there is, quote, at least some concern over his week one status. And as I mentioned, he missed time in training camp. He sat out the preseason. Kind of yucky. It's a timeshare with Jamal Williams anyway. So I am going the under with DeAndre Swift. And another one that stood out to me a little bit here is running back Miles Gaskin. So the, uh, the line here is 53 and a half, and I'm going to go with the under. Do I think he could get close? I do. I think he could get close to that line. But there's a lot going on here that I think makes me believe that he won't quite get there. And the reason why is there is a whole host of other running backs that are going to be on this squad. And they're playing the New England Patriots. So I don't exactly believe that the Dolphins are going to be, you know, hugely running away with this game against the Patriots. And, you know, Mac Jones is starting his very first regular season NFL game. So too many mouths to feed there. So I'm going to go with the under on Miles Gaskin at 53 and a half yards. And moving right along, let's go to our passing tab here. And if you missed my episode with my good friend Laquan Jones, go ahead and uh, research that. Go find that because he has some pretty great takes on Justin Herbert and why you should smash the over on Justin Herbert. I am going to uh, switch gears a little bit and move away from Justin Herbert. And another one I think is kind of juicy here is Zach Wilson. I'm going to go the under for Zach Wilson at 249 and a half passing yards. Okay, Zach Wilson has been the Abercrombie and Fitch darling golden boy of the rookies that have come in for the starting quarterbacks, and I he is uber cute. Like, I mean, who doesn't love just a little cutie patootie? But at the same time, this is his very first NFL regular season game. They have another team that has a host of running backs that they're probably going to work in this lineup at some point. There is going to be Tevin Coleman, Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, LaMarco P. Ryan. I think these players are going to be touching the ball. So do you really want to just throw your, you know, brand new rookie quarterback out there and just toss and toss and toss? I, I, I don't know. So I think that 249 and a half yards for Zach Wilson is a little high. So I'm going to go the under on him for his NFL 
rookie debut. All right, and let's move on to receiving. If you're following along again, it's over on the next tab next to passing. And this one makes me sad because I love this player very dearly, but we're not, we, we take our heart out of these things, right? We need to use our head. And I'm going to go ahead and go the under on Adam Thielen. I know, Thielen, I'm so hooked on a Thielen. I think he's fabulous. I had to work it in there, guys. I don't care if it's a dad joke, but I had to do it. So his line is at 69 and a half receiving yards. He is a little banged up. Even if he is banged up, he's still really good, so I get it, but... Justin Jefferson is there, and he is very, very good. He established himself as a huge threat in his rookie season. They're also signing, or they already signed, I should say, tight end Chris Herndon, who in 2018 had an explosive rookie year, which is kind of unheard of for a tight end. So even though there is no Irv Smith, there is Chris Herndon. So I'm curious as to how much the offense is going to want to work him into the game plan just to kind of see what they have in this kid. And uh, he's also a red zone threat as well. So I'm wondering how much they're really going to push Adam Thielen in week one when they really need him to stay healthy for this extended regular season that we have moving forward. So again, his line is at 69 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to go ahead and go the under with Adam Thielen. Okay, so everybody remember promo code MMNPrizePicks.com and the 7-Eleven Challenge, five over-under picks that equal $7.11. There is a description in, well, I should say, yeah, there's like full details in the description of this video that you can go ahead and check out. There's also a link to sign up for PrizePicks.com in the description of this video. Go check it out. Join the contest. It's going to be a ton of fun, but we're not here just for prize picks even though it's really fun and you should sign up because, again, I'm pretty seriously obsessed with it. We also have other stuff like waiver wire targets. Now, I know we haven't even had one single game of, of regular season football, but that's okay because when we draft, sometimes we're not exactly the most, you know, responsible of human beings. Maybe you put a few back and don't like your team or maybe there were some injuries, something that you really need to change on your squad. I 100% get it. So I'm here for you to take a look at some of these waiver wire targets that could be available to you. Now I'm going to go ahead and start at the running back position, which is usually very thin, but there are some options. First, I'm going to give you a few names that are likely rostered, but double check just in case. And those are Kenyon Drake from the Las Vegas Raiders. He's about 70% rostered, so there is a possibility he's free if you are in a PPR league. He is kind of a mustache for me. Uh, the, next, no, the next one, speaking of DeAndre Swift, excuse me, I speak English, I swear. Jamal Williams, running back Detroit Lions, guys. Um, I cannot express to you how much I want Jamal Williams on every single team that I have. He is about 74% rostered, so unlikely that he's available. But if he is, just in case, go check it out. Put him on your team if you can. Some other names that are less rostered are J.D. McKissick for the Washington football team. I know everyone is the Antonio Gibson truther. That is totally okay because I think McKissick will still get involved as well. He's only 36% rostered. And these are according to Yahoo. Remember to check your own platform and just see. They're usually around the same Sometimes there's a big difference, but let's just call it around 36% rostered for J.D. McKissick. Also, Carlos Hyde is another name with Travis Etienne, the rookie running back who is out for the season. He is only 16% rostered. Tevin Coleman, as I mentioned before, when we were talking about the Jets, is an interesting name. If you really need someone to plug in at running back, he should see a bulk of the carries even if they're going to be putting in some other, rotating in some other running backs there for New York. He's about 20% rostered as well. And then 
I know everybody loves Jonathan Taylor. I love Jonathan Taylor too, but guess what? There are other running backs on that squad like Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack. And Marlon Mack is only 12% rostered. So again, if you really need someone that you want to you want to plug in at your running back position. Maybe you're really weak at flex. These are guys that you can pick up, stash, see if they really do anything because you never know if they do, you can always have some trade value with these players as well. So let's move right along. Let's go into wide receivers. Now this is a little bit more open than the running back position is, which it usually is when it comes to this positional values. But for wide receivers, Randall Cobb, Randall Cobb, guys, is back. He is back at Green Bay. He is back with Aaron Rodgers. They are besties. And it's obvious, okay? So Randall Cobb is one of those really sneaky pickups that I like. He's around 17% rostered. Another name which is interesting, although I believe he is still kind of dealing with some injury here, which a little concerning, but again, if you want to add some wide receiver depth, Traquan Smith for the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, we're not going to see Michael Thomas, which is a bummer, but if you had him on your roster last year like I did, yes, I know. I had Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay. I was sad last year. So we'll just leave that in the past. Bitter Bitterness must stay back in 2020, the hot mess of a year. But Traquan Smith is still on that roster as much as the sparkly Marquez Call Callaway truthers are going to want to just ignore him, but he's there. And he's only about 8% rostered. Keep an eye on his status. Another player I really like, Gabriel Davis out of Buffalo. Okay, he is that big, deep, downfield threat that just can make huge plays when he's going to make those huge plays eh, a little bit tougher. But I think he's going to get worked into the offense a little bit more this year. He's also only like 9% rostered, so he's available. Very deep dive here. Quintez Cephas. I didn't bring up Tyrell Williams here because I think he's a little bit more rostered, but Quintez Cephas, Detroit Lions, I don't love this. This is if you're in a super deep, deep league. You need some depth at wide receiver. Go ahead and pick up Quintez Cephas. He's only 1% rostered. Um, you can also look at Amon Ross St. Brown as well. So finally... Let's go ahead and look at some tight ends. Now, if you're streaming the position, this can actually be the same. So we're going to talk about waiver wire targets for tight ends, but they can also be considered streaming positions as well. So Jared Cook, he is now on the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Chargers have lost Hunter Henry to the Patriots. So Jared Cook is only 27% rostered. Now, I like this because Jared Cook is a big-bodied tight end, and he is a monster in the red zone. So he is one of those guys I would love to stash. You can play him in some juicy tight end matchups, but remember, he's going to be boom or bust. Another one here is a little bit more of a spicy name, but it's Pat Fryermuth from the Pittsburgh Steelers. He had that two-touchdown preseason game. Eric Ebron had a drop. Shocking, because he's, he's good at doing that. He, he's also good at catching the ball, but his hands have been a little bit Criscoed up in the past. So I wouldn't mind taking a shot on Pat Fryermuth if your bench allows it, or if you want to stream some tight ends, keep your eye on him. He's about 10% rostered. And then... As I mentioned, Chris Herndon, this is an opportunity for him to get out from underneath the thumb of Adam Gase. He is in a new home with the Vikings. They have a need to fill now that Irv Smith is out, likely out for the season. So he's only about 3% rostered, and he is very good. Again, 2018 explosive year, so maybe he can kind of rekindle a little bit of that with Kirk Cousins with the Vikings. And those were your waiver wire targets slash tight end streamers, but we're not done with the streamers. Nay, quarterbacks. I'm a big believer in waiting on quarterbacks and making sure that the rest of my team can be filled appropriately based on where I'm at in the draft. And that sometimes means that 
I get late round quarterbacks, or maybe I just want to stream the quarterback position. It's tough, but it's not impossible. Check out Sam Darnold versus the Jets. Yeah, this is going to be kind of interesting. I like Sam Darnold. I think he has a great home this year with the Panthers, and this is going to be really cool and really interesting. So Sam Darnold, look for him if you are in need of a quarterback streamer. And another one is Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Two Gloves is pretty consistent. He's reliable. He has also managed to sustain three wide receivers. So if you are, again, streaming this position, check out those two. And that's Teddy Bridgewater versus the Giants, too. So there's that. I, I like him a lot. So another position you may be streaming besides the quarterback position is going to be your defense special teams. So I have two here because I think it's kind of interesting, right? So Jacksonville or Houston? I know, it's gross, but hear me out. This is going to boil down to quarterback play, right? So there's a rookie quarterback. I always do this, I say Wookie, because every single time I say rookie, I just say Wookie. So let's just call him Wookie. They have a Wookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence for Jacksonville Jaguars and his beautiful flow. Not as nice as Justin Herbert's, but you know, that's neither here nor there. So that is an opportunity for Houston to step up to the plate and kind of exploit maybe some week one jitters that Trevor Lawrence may have. You never know. And then on the other side of the ball for the Houston Texans, it's Tyrod Taylor at the helm. Also a hot mess, and every running back on the Houston Texans is likely qualified or just about to qualify for AARP. So that kind of gives Jacksonville at least a little bit of an opportunity to maybe stop the run and also disrupt the uh, passing game with Tyrod Taylor at the helm for the Houston Texans. So that's all you have from me today. Oh, it's week one, Thursday. Thursday football! Oh, Cowboys, Buccaneers, I am so excited. Can you tell? I absolutely cannot wait. Thank you so much again for joining me on this video. Remember to like and subscribe if you haven't done so already. And if you have, thank you very much. Also, promo code MMN for prizepicks.com. The full details for the 7-Eleven challenge are in the description of this video. And you can also follow us at MayoMediaNet on Twitter. And we will have the detailed descriptions about the contest there too. So thank you so much again for joining me. Good luck in week one, everybody, and we'll see you next and we'll see you next week. Guys, we finally made it to week one. I'm Peter Overzet here on the Mayo Media Network, and today we are doing a first look at the week one DraftKings salaries. I'm going to be here every week giving you my first thoughts and impressions on these salaries once they're released. Now, these week one salaries were released over a month ago, so we've actually had a lot of time with them. Uh, I have chosen not to look at them until uh, just the past day or so because I didn't want to get anchored to anything. We've had a ton of news, a ton of injuries. We had the teams cutting down their roster to the 53 man. And so I wanted to actually go into this with a fresh set of eyes. And I think now that all the dust has settled, we can start looking at these salaries, start to make some decisions on who the best values are. And I'll say right out of the gate, there are a ton of incredible points per dollar values. And that is just naturally going to happen when the salaries are set so early and we have so much chaos, so much injuries. We have rookies screaming up draft boards. Their prices haven't been reflected. In drafts, the ADP reflects the change in value. These are static salaries that were released over a month ago. So these are things we can exploit. I think the other part of the you know two-pronged DFS thing is also 
where is the ownership going to go? And that is something we can handle much later in the week once we see these public sentiments forming. But for now, I think we can just look at the salaries at face value, see who projects is the best points per dollar plays, and start getting a feel for the type of guys we might be putting in our cash in GPP lineups. So why don't we head over here right now? I'm going to share my screen. I have both the uh, DraftKings salaries up as well as our optimizer over at Run the Sims, where you guys definitely need to subscribe. You can get 10% off with promo code Pete over at Run the Sims. You get access to the optimizer, which I'm actually going to use today just as a simple screener for looking at salaries. And also, of course, we have all these other helpful tools. Points per dollar is one of the main things I like to look at early in the week just to see where the baseline values are. So we're going to use that today to kind of help walk around this slate, walk around these salaries and see what's standing out. So I'm a filter here on QB right now. I did sort by salary. No surprise to have, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, those guys at the top. I think those guys do represent the highest ceiling plays. That's not really that different from last year. We know they're in explosive offenses. We know that they can give us production on the ground. We know their teams are going to score a lot of points. We know they're going to run a lot of plays, yada, yada, yada. You are having to pay a pretty big premium here, in my opinion. Uh, but these are going to be, I think, very nice tournament plays because my hunch is most of the field is going to want to go more cheap at quarterback just because there are so many values. And we can kind of start to highlight those values by sorting, sorting, sorting by points per dollar here. And basically, this is just letting us know, based on the salary and projected points, how much are we paying for each projected point? And this just gives us a very simple way to know who are the best values. We see right out of the gate here, Mac Jones at 4,400. He is starting versus Miami. When these salaries were set, Earlier, he was probably projecting to be a backup. So now we have an information change. A starting quarterback at 4,400 uh, is a pretty nice value there. I still think there's a decent um, amount of risk with Mac Jones. You know, the rookie opener, the fact that the team might run a ton, the fact that Hunter Henry might not completely be up to steam by week one. So I think there's some concerns here. He's probably not my favorite. He does stand out as a points per dollar value here. I think Teddy Bridgewater also looks like a screaming bargain. You know, I think opposed to Mac Jones, I'm very excited about the Broncos weapons. When you include Jerry Judy on the rise here as a second year player, uh, when you have Cortland Sutton, who's already broke out and then you have, uh, uh, KJ Hamler, who has been one of the darlings of the preseason. And of course, Noah fan, I think Teddy Bridgewater has the weapons here to put up a big game against the giants as well, who I think are going to be a team that struggles and a team who allows a lot of points to be scored on them. So I like Bridgewater, Zach Wilson, um, you know, a little bit more expensive than Mac Jones, which makes sense because we knew he was going to be a starter, but I think this is a nice price point for him. Zach Wilson has a very fantasy friendly game. He's going to push the ball downfield. He has a big arm. He has the capability to run. Uh, as long as Elijah Moore is out there and uh, good to go week one, I'll feel a lot better about his weapons. So these would be kind of the values. So we have the ceiling guys, we have the values. And then to me, I'm trying to find the sweet spot here for the quarterback position. And to me, Joe Burrow really stands out at 5,700. When you kind of just look at even our base projected points here, Joe Burrow's coming in at three, four, fifth, sixth overall in projected points, and yet he's only 5,700. So this represents a pretty big value discount relative to these other guys. I think you could also make a case for Jalen Hurts. You know, at 6,400, you're just going to get a ton of rushing upside from him. So when I'm trying to find that sweet spot of 
upside, uh, a good discount, points per dollar value, uh, and then also obviously cost. To me, uh, Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts are are jumping out to me. And I'm curious on how popular Burrow will be. He's a guy that people were concerned about because of the offensive line, because he was a little hesitant coming back from his injury, because Jamar Chase was dropping balls in preseason games. You're getting a bit of a discount on him, but I still think when you look back on what he represents as a as a first overall pick, as a guy who was you know, approaching 50 pass attempts per game last year. And then they add in all these weapons in, in Jamar Chase. I think this offense is going to have a massive year. I think they're, you know, 90 cents on the dollar of what you're getting with the Dallas Cowboys as far as, you know, a great team, solid running game, and a great set, uh, a great trio of wide receivers. So Burrow and Hurts right now as my first look are some of my favorite plays. I do think there's some other kind of interesting situations in here. We don't know if Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start some of these other news things could shake things up i also like uh, the herbert and ryan fitzpatrick as a potential kind of contrarian shootout game and here i'm saying contrarian i don't even know where the field is going to be yet but i think both their price points are palatable here at 5500 for fitzpatrick and 6700 for justin herbert why don't we head over now to the running back position? And we're still sorted here by salary. So the guys at the top, no surprise, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley. I think uh, these guys are, you know, priced accordingly. They're priced to reflect their upside. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey is the best player in football. When I look at the salary, I think there's such a big gap between Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook this year, just what Christian McCaffrey is going to do in the passing game and what a high floor he gives you that if I'm finding my way up to Dalvin Cook at 9,100, I'm just going to find the extra 400 to play Christian McCaffrey. I think Alvin Kamara is the interesting one. If you're going to get a $900 discount, Alvin Kamara could have a similar workload to Christian McCaffrey. It seems like the team's fallen out of favor with Latavius Murray. We have Tony Jones Jr. in the mix now. To me, that points to Alvin Kamara getting all the work he can handle. And if they start to give him more of that goal line role, they start to phase out Latavius Murray there, he really could challenge Christian McCaffrey in usage. So I think Alvin Kamara is probably my favorite of these ceiling plays. I always get worried with the Dalvin Cooks and the Derrick Henrys because they're not going to catch a ton of passes and they are pricey. So I think that's something we have to be mindful of. Of course, in tournaments, we can often get a, a nice buy opportunity on them if the ownership is skewed heavily in favor of the Christian McCaffreys and Alvin Kamara. So obviously we need to be cognizant of that, but strictly in a vacuum, I think Alvin Kamara represents uh, one of the best plays here from the ceiling. Let's sort now by points per dollar, see what values are popping here. And uh, that is on the opposite side. So at the top here, Joe Mixon at 6,200, we're starting to sense a theme here. These salaries we're not buying the Bengals this year as a bounce back team. But when you look at the projections, Joe Mixon as the start starting running back in this offense projected for 18.35 points here on run the Sims, $6,200 salary, giving him a nice points per dollar there. He looks very nice. I also love Raheem Mostert here at 5,800. I know people are excited about Trey Sermon, but 
Raheem Moster is the starting running back here. His usage in the preseason reflected that. He played all 10 snaps with the first team. Then they took him off the field. They are protecting him. They want him to be the lead guy here. Sermon will have a role, but we know Mostert's upside. He's coming into this season healthy. One of the best offensive lines in football going against Detroit, which is nothing to worry about. I think Raheem Mostert is a really, really nice play. And then we also see Austin Eckler here. I think similar to Kamara, he's in a nice sweet spot as far as a very affordable price tag at 7,000. And he gives us that great blend of upside and then also floor because we know he's going to catch passes. Uh, I think the dynamic that's interesting with Eckler and the thing we're all trying to figure out this year is, is Eckler going to get goal line carries? If Eckler gets goal line carries, he is the third best back after Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara because now you have a goal line role, you're getting those touches, and you also have the elite pass catching ability. So that is the perfect combo of all this. Uh, you know, it's a little more risky to make that bet in season long leagues because if you're wrong, you have that guy on your lineup the whole season. But in DFS, the beauty of this is this is one week. And if the market is going to assume Eckler's not getting goal line carries and he does, we can take advantage of that week one. Uh, so I think this is a really nice price on Austin Eckler. I think a couple of these other ones are interesting as well. Damian Harris at 5,200. To me, Damian Harris is the kind of play, instead of paying all the way up for the Dalvin Cook, in the Derrick Henry, just play Damian Harris because none of them are going to catch passes, but Damian Harris is going to be the goal line back. He could easily score two touchdowns in a game like this versus Miami. Uh, I think he represents a really nice bang for your buck at 5,200. And then, of course, the controversial Mike Davis, the most controversial player in fantasy right now. You either love him or you hate him. I'm out on him for season long, but I'm way more interested in a one-week sample. My, my bear case on Mike Davis is that he's not going to be able to have a large role for 17 weeks. I have a hard time envisioning that, but we're talking about a one week sample here. Mike Davis at 5,400 versus Philadelphia, the team released all of their backup running backs before yesterday. They basically now have Cordero Patterson. Who's been on the team converted wide receiver and they signed Wayne Gallman, but they let, Quadre Allison go. Previously, they let Javian Hawkins go, the UDFA they had signed. So to me, that signals a, a, a large amount of confidence um, from the team for Mike Davis here. And I think at 5,400, the thing I like most about Mike Davis is I think he's going to be the pass catching back. I don't think Mike Davis, or sorry, I don't think uh, Wayne Gallman is going to come in there and start catching passes and limiting Mike Davis. So I think Mike Davis is going to be the bell cow week one and we know as the season goes on and as the pricing gets more efficient, it's very, very hard to find a bell cow running back for 5,400. That might be Mike Davis week one. I'm going to guess he ends up being extremely chalky. So probably more of a cash game play, more of a single entry three max guy that you work uh, other contrarian plays around. But I, I can't deny that Mike Davis looks really nice here at 5,400. So yeah, I would say of these guys, Mike Davis, uh, Kamara, Eckler, they look like my preferred guys. My guess is we see a ton of studs and duds lineups. You know, people going Damon Harris to get up to Christian McCaffrey, people playing Mike Davis to get up to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think I might then try to live in the middle range. I, I could see myself with lots of Eckler, Mostert, uh, and Kamara combos there if people want to go studs and duds. Let's head over now to the wide receiver. And obviously we don't have time to go through every single player, every situation. This is more to give us kind of just a feeling for how the slate 
is looking because the dynamics can be very different. All it takes is one, you know, elite running back to open up at a cheap price and the whole slate, dare I say, could be flipped on its head. So this is just getting us familiar with it. So I apologize if I haven't talked about your favorite player, but I'm just trying to get kind of the high end, the extreme values and, and who's looking like the best plays right now. Let's check out the high end at wide receiver. As expected, no surprises, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins. I would say one surprise would be at least how they're being drafted in season long leagues as a, you know, using this as a proxy for the most valuable uh, wide receivers. Diggs is normally going in this top three with Adams and Hill. So just purely by that, I think he's representing a little bit of a discount. I'm guessing his salary is a little lower just because they are going against the Steelers. I assume the DraftKings algorithm is a little worried about the matchup for Diggs, whichever wide receiver quarterback matchup he has. Uh, I think that might offer a nice uh, opportunity here just because Diggs is so good. Um, and you can see here, he does have a better points per dollar than Tyreek Hill, who is 600 more and projects for a similar amount of points. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong with Devontae Adams, even at 8,300. I don't think any of us will be surprised if Devontae Adams' price tag, you know, as the season progresses, gets up to that 9,100, 9,200 range, uh, he's been there before. If they use him how they've had previously, where they're basically treating him like a goal line back, you know, they're doing screens, they're doing fades. Aaron Rodgers is manufacturing targets for him in the red zone. It is really, really hard for him not to be a value at 8,300. So similar to the Christian McCaffrey thing, I think because there's so much value at wide receiver on the slate, and we'll take a look at that in a second, I think Devontae Adams uh, is going to be very popular as people go with you know a couple cheap guys and then pay up to get to Devontae Adams. So it's hard for me to turn my GPP brain off right now, uh, but as far as a, a, an awesome points per dollar play, as far as an awesome ceiling play, it, it's really hard to fade Devontae Adams, and we can sort here by points per dollar. And we can see what wide receivers are popping from this perspective. We see right at the top here, Marvin Jones Jr. at a $3,600 salary, incredibly cheap, projecting for 13.51 points, looking at Run the Sims baseline projections. And we see that gives him an incredible 3.75 points per dollar value. Uh, I get it. Uh, Marvin Jones, we know what Marvin Jones is, right? We, we do this song and dance every year. Marvin Jones is the guy that can explode for the 2D TD game, or he can just be an absolute bust. He's the epitome of the, I prefer him in a GPP because it's a, it's a bit of a mystery box, what we're going to get out of him. However, at this price, almost all of the downside is baked out. Uh, you know, even last year on the lions and previously, you know, he would always be, always be one of the, you know, 5,000 to 5,500 guys. He was always priced in that range where you are having to pony up to get a peek at that upside. But at 3,600, we know he's going to get targets, uh, DJ chart coming into the season, a little banged up. They did release Colin Johnson as well, which, uh, he was a, you know, an outside target that could kind of eat into some of these targets for DJ Chark and Marvin Jones. So this tells me the team feels incredibly comfortable with this three wide receiver set with Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault and DJ Chark and Marvin Jones showed great rapport 
with Trevor Lawrence in the preseason. I was impressed with what I saw. The season-long community is very excited about Marvin Jones, almost similar to uh, Mike Davis. Uh, And again, I don't necessarily want to be making a bet on Marvin Jones for the full season, but in week one at 3,600, I think he's a very, very nice play. You'll notice another theme with some of these values here are the rookie wide receivers, Jalen Waddell at 3,600, Jamar Chase at 4,800, Terrence Marshall at 3,000, Devonta Smith 4,500, Rondell Moore 3,000. So a lot of familiarity here as far as the rookies, and it, it makes sense. Um, year after year, we continue to see rookie wide receivers produce. You know, for a while it would be, hey, these guys take a long time to, you know, get up to speed. I even remember the DeAndre Hopkins year when he came in. You know, he had a decent rookie year, but it was nothing to write home about. It was not a T. Higgins or a Chase Claypool like explosion or a Justin Jefferson being on the extreme end there that we now see with regularity. So I think this is something we can exploit. You don't want to roll out a lineup full of rookie wide receivers because there is going to be way more bust potential. But would it surprise anyone if a Waddle, a Chase, a Marshall, a Smith, or a Moore just absolutely obliterated their price tag and had 100 yards in a TD in week one? It wouldn't surprise me. These guys are talented guys on interesting offenses, and I think I'm going to be wanting to sprinkle these guys in. My guess is a Marvin Jones becomes the chalk and that playing a Waddle, a Chase Smith, these rookies that I keep mentioning, I think that might be a way to get both upside and be unique. So keep a tab on these rookies. See if we get any more information uh, as the week progresses as to how the team plans to use them. I would say Rondell Moore is one of the guys I'm most confident in his week one usage. I think there's still a little bit of a mystery between how many targets is Jamar Chase going to command? How involved is Jalen Waddle going to be in the offense with Will Fuller out week one? That's a feather in his cap, but he's still a rookie that we don't know necessarily how he's going to be used. But with Rondell Moore, I feel like the team has already tipped their hand. I mean, they're going to use him like Debo Samuel. That's how they were using him in the preseason. Cliff Kingsbury was manufacturing touches for him, the little bubble screens, the end arounds, all that stuff in the horizontal air raid offense suits perfectly with Rondell Moore's skill set. Obviously, in DraftKings with this full point PPR, uh, it gives us a really nice floor. It gives us access to a ceiling. And he's $3,000 here. He's the stone minimum. And now I know we're back. We're back because I just got to say on a DFS show, stone minimum. So we are officially back into DFS season. I like Rondell Moore at that price tag. Um, Then kind of when we talk about the sweet spot, so we have the high-end ceiling guys, we have these cheap guys. Uh, Another pattern emerges for me here as far as some of these second-year wide receivers. These second-year wide receivers are probably underpriced relative to their ceiling and also probably have a better shot of just producing right out of the gate. You know, that familiarity of being in the league for a year is important, and we do see rookies get off to slow starts. So I like to then turn my eyes to a guy like LaVisca Chanel and a guy like T. Higgins And again, I can't turn off my GPP brain here, but if everyone's playing Jamar Chase because of his price tag, and if everyone's playing Marvin Jones, well, boom, we have two of their teammates who are also values who are probably won't be as popular and have equally, if not greater ceilings in T Higgin and Visca. So I think those guys look extremely interesting to me. They grade out well, as far as price points per dollar baseline and ceiling projection, those guys I think are very intriguing. Uh, And Jalen Rager as well. 
uh, I think you can let your stack decisions kind of determine, you know, whether you want to use a guy like Rager or not. I know he feels a little scary, but if you're playing Hertz, I think Rager at that price also makes a ton of sense. And then the last guy we have to mention here, and I assume he is going to be the chalkiest, most popular play on the slate is Marquez Callaway. He screamed up draft boards all of August. The Saints are incredibly thin at wide receiver with Michael Thomas on the shelf. You know, Traquan Smith has just never been too exciting with the opportunities that he's had. And Marquez Callaway has looked absolutely phenomenal in preseason. He's a good stylistic fit with Jameis Winston. And now here he is at 3,400, way underpriced. I think if DraftKings were able to get a mulligan on these salaries, he'd probably be 5,400. I honestly think he's mispriced by a good $2,000 here relative to his expected role and how well he looked in the preseason. That said, I am not going to want to play a 40% owned Marquez Callaway in tournaments in week one, where there's so much we don't know, so much randomness, so much variance. We do want to avoid those situations. I think he is a, a great cash game play uh, You know, if you want to go that route, because he just does grade out as such an insane points per dollar play there. But I'd be careful in tournaments. We'll, we'll know more as the week goes on. Here at Run the Sims, this projected ownership will fill out as we get more information, and you have all the information you need here to make your best possible decisions throughout the week as you fiddle with your DFS lineups. So let's head over to tight end uh, as well. We'll uh, continue on our path here of looking at the ceiling guys first. Travis Kelsey, no surprise, 8,300. George Kittle, 6,300. Hawkinson at 4,900. Uh, we don't have uh, Andrews on the main slate, I believe. So that is why he's not in the mix here. Uh, Kelsey, we know has the ceiling. That's a very expensive, uh, expensive. I can't talk today. Expensive price tag for Travis Kelsey. Uh, but we saw last year he can often pay it off, but you can even notice here, you know, $2,000 cheaper, George Kittle, better points per dollar play. I do think Kittle, Kelsey and Hawkinson are in a tier of their own as far as the ceiling that they can access. Um, and even Kittle and Kelsey might be in another ceiling or tier of their own ahead of TJ Hawkinson. So I think Kelsey will probably not be a super popular DFS play just because of this price tag. I think if you're saving money elsewhere, it could definitely make sense to jam Travis Kelsey, even at this price tag. And now let's, let's check it out here by points per dollar. Uh, Tyler Croft, the new tight end one for the Jets jumping out. Uh, the team does trade Christopher Herndon, who we have collectively been drafting, playing in DFS for years, and it just wasn't happening for him. The Jets move on. This makes Tyler Croft the one of the only tight ends on the roster. They did bring Ryan Griffin back, but just based on usage and based on how the team has been talking about him, I think Tyler Croft uh, is going to be their tight end week one. And it, as we know in DFS, if there's one position to punt along with defense, it's tight end. There's so much randomness at the position. We're trying to bink a touchdown. Those are very hard to predict. So you're getting the starting tight end on a team in a solid matchup versus Carolina here uh, for $2,500 the dare I say stone minimum. I think he is going to be a very popular tight end pump play, but rightfully so. 
as I go on the list here next, uh, Kyle Pitts is honestly probably one of the most interesting guys to me. He grades out here as a very nice points per dollar play at 4,400. He does give you that ceiling. He is the rookie. We know tight ends can be slow to start, yada, yada. But if they just come out of the gate and use him as a glorified wide receiver at 4,400 and getting to use that in your tight end position, that's an incredible blend of floor and ceiling. So Kyle Pitts is a guy jumping out to me right now as we look at this. Even though I see Anthony Ferkser here popping up as a points per dollar value, doesn't excite me. He was splitting time uh, with multiple tight ends in this offense throughout the preseason, guys like Luke Stalker. I think Ferkser is going to be in a pretty gross committee, so I get that he grades out well, but I mean, you really are clutching your rosary beads and, and praying for a touchdown. And then you see even the expensive guys popping up as better points per dollar plays, George Kittle, Travis Kelsey. And I'll go ahead and toss in CJ Uzoma. I think similar to Tyler Croft, he's a starting offense or starting tight end on a capable offense. That's going to score a lot of points. Uzoma, he's not, uh, you know, this mega talent that's going to do a ton with his targets, but I think he can earn a few targets a game. I think he can be a red zone option and he's the perfect guy to toss in with your burrow stacks. You know, if you are doing those double stacks, if you're playing a smaller tournament and you're rolling out a triple stack with a couple of the receivers, I think you can toss in CJ Uzoma at 3000 and like your chances at uh, maybe binking a red zone role there. So as usual, uh, death taxes in the tight end position being relatively thin here. Um, I think you can either pay up for some of these studs. You can punt it off with a new Zoma or, um, a Tyler Croft, or you can maybe find that sweet spot in the middle with a guy like Kyle Pitts. I think that's kind of where I'm leaning right now, but as usual, all kinds of different directions you can go at the tight end position. Let's head over to our last position here. Defense. Uh, you know, defense is one that we don't generally like to pay up for similar to tight ends. We're trying to get the defensive special teams touchdowns, and those are extremely hard to predict. Uh, we're either looking for, you know, D line, O line mismatches. We're looking for, you know, suspect quarterback play, a quarterback who is prone to turn the ball over a ton. And we can see that kind of reflected here on the high end, the 49ers versus Detroit here. Uh, you know, Jared Goff in his first game as a Lion, that seems like a ripe spot. Uh, New England here versus Tua. The Giants versus uh, Teddy Bridgewater, I think I'd actually prefer to be on the other side of that. I think the Denver defense will be able to exploit this um, probably more than the Giants will. The Broncos here at $3,300, um, $500 cheaper than the Giants. Give me that that side. I think I prefer that. Um, Carolina is an interesting one to me. They're priced accordingly, uh, but Zach Wilson's first start, I think there could be some growing pains there. Um, so the high end makes sense, but... I generally am not paying up for these high-end defenses. I think, uh, especially in week one, where you know defensive fantasy performance year over year isn't incredibly sticky. We like to think we're good at predicting it, but the the numbers say otherwise. So I'm probably not going to be paying up for one of these teams in week one. Probably would rather go uh, dumpster diving here. When we look at uh, points per dollar, you got the Bengals. At 2,000 there, the minimum versus Kirk Cousins. You can play the Lions versus what will likely be Jimmy Garoppolo. You can play the Browns versus Mahomes. Okay, I don't want to do that. Um, I'm just looking at the... Uh, oh, sorry, I was sorting by base projection. That was bad. Rewind. Let me sort by points per dollar here. This will help us out. Okay, so now we have uh, the Falcons 
versus the Eagles here at 2,000. They are the minimum. The Bills versus Pittsburgh versus looks very nice. Um, the Bills defense is going to be good. We know Big Ben is always prone or uh, likely to have a back-breaking pick six. Uh, I think targeting Ryan Fitzpatrick, similar to Big Ben, we like targeting these gunslingers because they push the ball, they're willing to take risks, and defenses can often take advantage of that and turn that into uh, you know six points for our defense there. A um, couple other interesting ones here. I think the Texans, I don't know. Uh, I know it's Lawrence's first start. I don't feel as good about that. But in general, we want to be living in this territory, not paying up for defense and trying to find our favorite play here on the low end as far as points per dollar. I'll go ahead and say the Bills are jumping out to me as my favorite option here. Um, winding down here, I did just want to use one thing and look at our optimal lineup so far here on Run the Sims. This just gives us kind of one more final um, way to see who is popping the most. What are the best points per dollars that are ending up in lineups? We do see here a lot of the names we mentioned, Jamar Chase, Marvin Jones, McCaffrey, Chanel Eckler, uh, the rookies, Devonta Smith, Jalen Waddle, the Bills. Um, so you can just immediately see by doing that exercise of looking at the best points per dollar plays and the highest ceiling plays, we then go run the numbers and we get some confirmation on that. I would say the most surprising thing to me is that the optimizer is spinning out so much Patrick Mahomes. I think that definitely is interesting. I would have thought that it would have wanted to give us maybe a cheaper quarterback and paying up elsewhere. You can also tell here that the optimizer really likes going cheap at wide receiver and paying up for tight end running back and quarterback, which I also think is an interesting thing. And generally one of the things we can most exploit in tournaments because people don't necessarily want to pay up for a Devonte Adams, but you can flip the build pretty easily, right? You avoid the Marvin Jones chalk. You play Devonte Adams. You go down from Patrick Mahomes to one of those, you know, cheaper quarterbacks, say a Joe Burrow type, and then you get unique on the field as well. So Lots is going to change before we submit our week one lineups, but obviously just wanted to take a first look here. We will have the full set of DraftKings picks up on the channel later this week, so you can keep an eye out for that. Of course, be sure to check out Run the Sims. It is your one-stop shop for all your optimizer, your hand-building needs. I just use the optimizer there as a hand-building screener, just using all of those filters for points per dollar, ceiling, salary, all that good stuff. We will be here, like I said, every week. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Thank you to Pat Mayo for having me. I'm Peter Overzet. Good luck in week one, guys. Oh.